Okay, here we are, everybody. Welcome. Hey. Welcome back. Today is day 30. Ten. Ten Commandments. Day Ten Commandments. Yeah, day ten. But day 36, really. Yes. Following along. Good job, everybody. This is Chip and Eric reading through the Bible together, and you're joining us. Yes. We are so so proud of you. Hope you have a... Are having a great experience like we are. So the Israelites are getting their feet underneath them. They've got a military victory now. They've got some form of government through Moses' mentor, as you pointed out, Jethro, his father-in-law, but his mentor. And so we're going to continue here uh, with Exodus chapter 19. And I'll let Chip start today. It's been me for a couple days here. Exodus chapter 19. The Lord reveals himself at Sinai. Exactly two months after the Israelites left Egypt, they arrived in the wilderness of Sinai. After breaking camp at Rephidim, they came to the wilderness of Sinai and set up camp there at the base of Mount Sinai. Then Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God. The Lord called to him from the mountain and said, Give these instructions to the family of Jacob. Announce it to the descendants of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples of the earth, for all the earth belongs to me, and you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. So Moses returned from the mountain and called together the elders of the people and told them everything the Lord had commanded him. And all the people responded together. We will do everything the Lord has commanded. So Moses brought up the people's answer back to see the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will come to you in a thick cloud, Moses, so the people themselves can hear me when I speak with you. Then they will always trust you. Moses told the Lord what the people had (coughs) said. Then the Lord told Moses, go down and prepare the people for my arrival. Consecrate them today and tomorrow and have them wash their clothing. Be sure they're ready On the third day, for on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai as all the people watch. Mark off a boundary all around the mountain. Warn the people, be careful. Do not go up to the mountain or even touch its boundaries. Anyone who touches the mountain will certainly be put to death. No hand may touch the person or animal that crosses the boundary. Instead, stone them or shoot them with arrows. (laughs) Oh, boy. That would have been fun. Hey, Uh, they must be put to death. However... When the ram's horn sounds a long blast, then the people may go up on the mountain. So Moses went down to the people. He consecrated them for worship, and they washed their clothes. He told them, get ready for the third day, and until then, abstain from having sexual intercourse. Well, on the morning of the third day, thunder roared and lightning flashed, and a dense cloud came down on the mountain. There was a long, loud blast from a ram's horn, and all the people trembled. Moses led them out from the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. All of Mount Sinai was covered with the smoke with smoke because the Lord had descended on it in the form of a fire. The smoke billowed into the sky like smoke from a brick kiln, and the whole mountain shook violently. As the blast of the ram's horn grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God thundered his reply. The Lord came down on the top of the Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses climbed the mountain. Then the Lord told Moses, Go back down and warn the people not to break through the boundaries to see the Lord, or they will die. Even the priests who regularly come near to the Lord must purify themselves so the Lord does not break out and destroy them. But the Lord, but Lord, Moses protested, the people cannot come up to Mount Sinai. You already warned us. You told me, mark off a boundary all around the mountain to set it apart as holy. 
But the Lord said, Go down and bring Aaron back up with you. In the meantime, do not let the priests or the people break through to approach the Lord, or he will break out and destroy them. So Moses went down to the people and told them what the Lord had said. Exodus chapter 20. The Ten Commandments for the Covenant Community. Then God gave the people all these instructions. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. (coughs) You must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon the children. The entire family is affected. Even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and keep my commands. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath and Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Honor your father and mother. Then you'll live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. You must not covet your neighbor's house. You must not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance, trembling with fear. And they said to Moses, You speak to us and we will listen, but don't let God speak directly to us or or we'll die. Don't be afraid, Moses answered them, for God has come in this way to test you, and so that your fear of him will keep you from sinning. As the people stood in the distance, Moses approached the dark cloud where God was. Proper use of altars. And the Lord said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel. You saw for yourselves that I spoke to you from heaven. Remember, you must not make any idols of silver or gold to rival me. Build for me an altar made of earth and offer your sacrifices to me, your burnt offerings and peace offerings, your sheep and goats and your cattle. Build my altar wherever I cause my name to be remembered, and I will come to you and bless you. If you use stones to build my altar, use only natural, uncut stones. Do not shape the stones with any tool, for that would make the altar unfit for holy use. And do not approach my altar by going up steps. If you do, someone might look up under your clothing and see your nakedness. A little trick. (laughs) Uh, Exodus chapter 21. Fair treatment (coughs) of slaves. These are the regulations you must present to Israel. If you buy a Hebrew slave, he may serve you for no more than six years. Set him free in the seventh year, and and he'll owe you nothing for his freedom. If he was single when he became your slave, he shall leave single. But if he was married before he became a slave, then his wife must be freed with him. If his master gave him a wife while he was a slave, and they had sons or daughters... Then only the man will be free in the seventh year, but his wife and children will still belong to his master. But the slave may declare, I love my master, my wife, and my children. I don't want to go free. 
If he does this, his master must present him before God. Then his master must take him to the door or doorpost and publicly pierce his ear with an awl. After that, the slave will serve his master for life. When a man sells his daughter as a slave, she will not be freed at the end of six years as the men are. If she does not satisfy her owner, he must allow her to be bought back again. But he is not allowed to sell her to foreigners, since he is the one who broke the contract with her. But if the slave's owner arranges for her to marry his son, he may no longer treat her as a slave, but as a daughter. If a man who has married a slave wife takes another wife for himself, he must not neglect the rights of the first wife to food, clothing, and sexual intimacy. If he fails in any of these three obligations, she may leave as a free woman without making any payment. Cases of personal injury. Anyone who... I will appoint a place of refuge where the slayer can run for safety. However, if someone deliberately kills another person, then the slayer must be dragged even from my altar and be put to death. Anyone who strikes father or mother must be put to death. Kidnappers must be put to death, whether they are caught in possession of their victims or have already sold them as slaves. Anyone who dishonors father or mother must be put to death. Now suppose two men quarrel and one hits the other with a stone or fist, and the injured person does not die but is confined to bed. If he is later able to walk outside again, even with a crutch, the assailant will not be punished, but must compensate his victim for lost wages and provide for his full recovery. If a man beats his male or female slave with a club and the slave dies as a result, the owner must be punished. But if the slave recovers within a day or two, then the owner shall not be punished, since the slave is his property. Now suppose two men are fighting, and in the process they accidentally strike a pregnant woman, so she gives birth prematurely. If no further injury results, the man who struck the woman must pay the amount of compensation the woman's husband demand, and the judges approve. But if there is further injury, the punishment must match the injury, a life for a life, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, a foot for a foot, a burn for a burn, a wound for a wound, and a bruise for a bruise. If a man hits his male or female slave in the eye, and the eye is blinded, he must let the slave go free to compensate for the eye. And if a man knocks out the tooth of his male or female slave, he must let the slave go free to compensate for the tooth. If an ox gores a man or woman to death, the ox must be stoned, and its flesh may not be eaten. In such a case, however, the owner will not be held liable. But suppose the ox had a reputation for goring, and the owner had been informed but failed to keep it under control. If the ox kills someone, it must be stoned, and the owner must also be put to death. However, the dead person's relatives may accept payment to compensate for the loss of life. The owner of the ox may redeem his life by paying whatever is demanded. The same regulation applies if the ox gores a boy or a girl. But if the ox gores a slave, either male or female, the animal's owner must pay the slave's owner 30 silver coins and the ox must be stoned. Suppose someone digs or uncovers a pit and fails to cover it, and then an ox or a donkey falls into it. The owner of the pit must pay full compensation to the owner of the animal, but then he gets to keep the dead animal. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good deal. If someone's ox injures a neighbor or... Uh, as ox and the injured ox dies, then the two owners must sell the live ox and divide the price equally between them. They must also divide the dead animal. But if the ox had a reputation for goring, yet its owner failed to keep it under control, he must pay full compensation, a live ox for a dead one. But he may keep the dead ox. Wow. Huh. 
What do you know? Oh, Dig yeah. a hole, get an ox. Yeah, there it's you gonna, go. It's gotta be dead though. Man, yes. Can you imagine? Like that, that that I know we're saying like, oh wow, you get a dead ox out of the deal, but you gotta get that ox out of a hole. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's kinda not better. You, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's kinda not better. Not better. But that was better for them, I guess. Huh? Great passage of scripture. Oh, yes. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Great passage of scripture. Love it. All right. Yeah. So, can you find any applications in this, Chip? <laughs> Too many applications. <laughs> you have enough time. Oh, man. Um, okay, so what I did with, with the Ten Commandments for the covenant community, Exodus 20, uh, on my Bible, I just wrote two words. I wrote thank you. Mm. I wrote thank you because, you know, many times I think, you know, and I, I kind of gr- grew up thinking this way, um, that God was this policeman in the sky. Sure. All about rules, not about relationship. And if I just had to measure up, and that's where I got frustrated. I couldn't measure up. Right. No, nobody right. can. Right. That's the frustration. And that's why he sent Jesus, because we couldn't measure up. But I always felt and believed I had to measure up. But then when I understood the reason for these, these rules, that they were all about relationship, yeah. Yeah. it changed everything for me. One, somebody once said <coughs> many years ago, I don't know who said it, but I use it all the time. Rules without relationship equals rebellion. Mm. So now I look at rules. I have a relationship. And so there's no rebellion. You know, uh, you know, I'm not rebelling against it, you know, because I know it can't keep it. But I say thank you because God gives me direction on how to live, what to do, how, how to respond. And it's all born out of a relationship because he loves me and wants what, what's best for me. These rules can't save me for eternal life, right. but they can save me. Uh, for the abundant life, yeah. to experience life in its fullest today, Absolutely. when I follow these commands, I live within the guardrails and guidelines of, of and parameters of script of scripture, and and so for me, I I just wrote thank you. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. I love it. Where's Jesus? <clears throat> okay, so Jesus uh, shows up quite a bit, as you might think. But um, what I really love here is. Um, not an appearance of Jesus. Okay. But it's... Uh, what is it? Jesus is going to come out of this, right? Yeah. Um, you know, he, like I said a few days ago, and we'll probably say a million more times, he didn't come to abolish the law. Mm-hmm. He came to fulfill the law, right? And so in Matthew 5 through 7, we see him in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus kind of lays forward... <laughs> what I call the constitution of the kingdom. Mm. Um, yeah. And this is how you should live in the kingdom of God. And so it kind of plays a lot into what you just said, you know, mm. these rules with a relationship. But, um, you know, some of these things change. You know, the eye for an eye, it changes, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, when you've got two million unruly, ungrateful, rebellious people wandering through the wilderness mm. under the head of one dude, yeah, right? You've got to set these rules... You know, and as God is setting out the rules for his his people, uh, his nation, he's got to set these strict rules. He's got to have these guidelines. And it's, it is an act of mercy mm-hmm. compared to, you know, uh, other ancient law texts that would say not an eye for an eye, but if you take someone's eye, you lose both of yours. Yeah. You know, so this is actually equality compared to the, the culture around them. But 
On top of that, mm-hmm. now it's not an eye for an eye, right? No. And it's not, you know, hate your enemies. It's love your enemies and pray for them. Mm-hmm. It's not, hey, you can go, you can do whatever you want as long as you don't sleep with another woman. Mm-hmm. No, it's, hey, if you look at a woman with lust, you're committing mm-hmm. adultery, you know? Hey, don't kill that guy, but you can hate him as much as you want. Turns mm-hmm. into, no, you can't hate him because that's murder. That's murder in your heart. So we see the constitution of the kingdom is laid on the foundation of the Ten Commandments of the law. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, it's more lax. There's no like, hey, and you know, so if you hate this guy in your heart, we're going to stone you to death. Like, right, you know, but in some ways it's much stricter because Jesus is interested in not just what we, how we behave, but what's the content of our heart. So that's so good. Yeah. So this is the, the foundational piece of what will lead us to Jesus eventually, the law and the prophets. And so that's where I see Jesus in this text. Very good, Eric. That's good. I like that. So awesome. Well, guys, that was day 36. Yes, it was. Man. You did it. You did it. Way to go. Hope you guys have a great day, wonderful day. Get some sleep. Feeling day. Get some sleep or work hard. Hey, uh, also just noteworthy, we crossed the halfway point of Exodus too. Yeah, yeah. So good job, guys. Proud of you. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye.